Hey, it's Adam, the Backpack Theory Podcast, where we unpack our pasts to help define a better future. And this week, we have a special guest, which was actually the role model of our previous guest from last week on Drake Ciphers. What's going on, Drake? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate you reaching out and coming on here. I mean, you know, it's awfully nice for, I mean, yeah, I mean, the podcast is just lining up here. I mean, we started off with having, you know, Mr. Murray on last week, and then, you know, he just mentioned who his life role model was. And then ironically, we end up connecting and, you know, you have a great story, I feel like, that plugs right into what we've been talking about. And this week, we're actually going to be unpacking through the wilderness. If it had been up to me, it would have been the journey, not the destination, but apparently that's a little bit too cliche. And so, you know, which, you know, I, I didn't know that was super cliche until Drake and I had the conversation right before we jumped on here. So, but I mean, dude, I think it's fascinating how in life uh, we get so in, what were you saying before we jumped on about what people say about the journey, not the destination that just drives you nuts? Well, a lot of times people talk about the journey like oh just enjoy the journey just enjoy the journey and a lot of times i don't know i just don't find the journey that enjoyable now the the journey is just so ambiguous it's like am i you know on a journey through death valley or am i on a journey you know walking up miami beach like those are two different journeys one's way more enjoyable than the other and so like it's just such an ambiguous journey one's a lot more easier to enjoy than the other and so when you say however you know when you're in the middle of the desert and you're trying to survive, that is a very different journey. And it's one that, you know, you may get through it and, you know, be happy with the results and with the person that you became on the other side of that. But you may look back at it and say, I would never wish to do that again. I would never wish for anyone to have to go through that again. And so, you know, I just, I just like to try and use, use precise language that helps people understand what it is. Cause like I said, if you're walking up Miami beach, like, you know, just enjoy the journey. Yeah, man, I'm enjoying this journey. It's great. Like great. The beach is awesome. great. Beach is great. Feels great yeah. under my feet. My calves are getting a nice exercise. The sushi that's just on the beach. That's great. Like the waves. Yeah. It's cool. Like, you know, so it all depends on where your journey is. That's a very fair statement. I completely understand where you're coming from, but I mean, just kind of like, I mean, but in all seriousness, whenever it comes to the journey, one of the cool things about it is, especially, you know, we're both men of faith and, uh, you know, we both see God show up in our lives and, mm -hmm. you know, you'll learn the most whenever you're going through, in your words, the wilderness, right? Because like everybody I think does, and I think a, a lot of people do kind of like glorify that journey. Like we got to have fun on it and it's supposed to be like this magical thing all the way to the top. But the realization of the matter is, is that growth is hard. Going through, going on that journey a lot of times is not going to be shaped in this wonderful thing. But I do believe that like, as you go through more and more of those hardships on your journey, that you can find peace in the wilderness, which kind of brings us to the topic of today, which is kind of like how you and I connected over this subject, which at first we kind of talked about like different topics that we wanted to go on anxiety, self-improvement, and, you know, ultimately, you know, through the wilderness, you know, we just kind of prayed about it and felt like that was really kind of the story. And so Drake, you know, you have accomplished quite a lot in how old are you now? 35. 35. You've, you've accomplished, bought, sold 
multiple companies, but I know that this recent project that you actually just went through is quite a story. It's quite a wilderness, if you will. And so, you know, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but just kind of like, you know, walk us through a little bit about what project you just went through, how that started and, you know, how you feel like something so awesome that ended so awesome, like created this massive wilderness. So just kind of, you know, you, you take the role and kind of tell us a little bit about what exactly you just went through. Sure. So my last company that I helped start was an internet service provider. So we were a rural internet service provider. So we gave internet to homes and businesses out in Western Oklahoma. And so not anywhere that I'm from, not anywhere that I'm really super familiar with, not anybody that I really have any real connections to. And so, you know, was out in, you know, let's, let's call it another wilderness building, an RV park for, with someone and the internet was really bad. And I called one of my buddies who'd been in telecommunications, like, Hey man, internet's really bad out in the country. You know, you might consider it starting a company, you know, to do something like that. I know you, know you've been, you know, been in this league before and, you know, he came down the road anyway, long story short, he kind of started it, hadn't, couldn't quite get it to launch. So he asked me to come in. I was the minority partner on the deal and ended up, ended up starting the internet service provider in Weatherford, trying, you know, get, get internet out there to where that they had internet. They were just being, the whole town was kind of really being taken advantage of because there weren't any new players. And so we had some people that the, the executives would come in and laugh about how much they were able to charge for how little they were able to give. And then some of the smaller companies were offering, you know, a whopping five megabits of internet for $130 a month, which is not even enough to, you know, watch a 1080p stream, you know, on Netflix. And so town in dire need of that. And so how it was set up was I was going to kind of do some of the office stuff and the marketing and he had the telecommunications expertise. And so he was going to do all the stuff that I didn't know how to do, didn't want to do, and had no experience doing. And, you know, through the series of, you know, fighting to raise money, that part was cool. You know, had a great investor come in and, and help us get started. But the systems that the telecommunications, my, that partner had set up kind of ended up felt failing one by one. And every time one failed, the responsibility ended up getting, you know, put right on my back. And so all the way down to going out, installing the internet on houses and roofs. And I'm terrified of heights. So getting up on a roof to mount a dish or hang on to getting up on a dish and, you know, on the roof is, you know, plenty of, plenty of fear of air, but just one by one things happened and, you know, just kind of led to this perfectly crafted place that God put me in that I would probably define as my own personal hell of having to diagnose internet problems every day, which when I told my accountant after when I was getting ready to sell it and I needed my accountant to do some tax planning. He was like, wait, you started what company doing what? He was like, you were around the office. You were the guy that hated getting all the internet questions. And, you know, here I am having that happen every day. And so, so anyway, the broad brush of it is started the company, had a bunch of stuff go wrong, had to step in and fix it. That triggered a lot of unsettled things in my life and in my psyche that, you know, broke me down in several ways. And I had to, you know, just kind of push through that and keep pushing, so, pushing, pushing until we ended up selling. So, so at this point, you talk about 
how long were you out in weather? And I've been to Weatherford. It's a wonderful tumbleweed destination. You know, I mean, if you really want some site viewing, but like how long was the process of you going out there and how long was, how, what was the buildup like to that point? Because, you know, I'm, I'm just curious as to, it sounds like originally, you know, it was a great idea and concept that you had someone who was going to work great with you. They were going to take care of the things that you really aren't gifted in or you don't want to do. And then as it went through, it sounds like it built up over time. So what was that buildup like? And at what point did you kind of recognize the fact that like you were really starting to take on way too much in your backpack and that it, it wasn't becoming something that you could just kind of like look past? I would say. So honestly, what really happened is, you know, so we'd raised, raised some money and we were burning through that money at a very rapid pace. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we were growing, but we weren't growing fast enough to offset our expenses. And, you know, when, when we're looking around and the investor's like, all right, I'll put more money in, but we got to cut expenses. How are we going to cut expenses? And, you know, what happened from all of us talking was I was the one doing all the work and he was not really doing as much because all the systems he had set in place were failing or were way too expensive for us to continue paying for. And so it was just in that meeting, I was like, look, this is the only way forward. That's not ideally the way it is, but we'll leave all our ownership in place. But you know, how this is going on a day-to-day -day basis, this is the biggest expense you know, these are the big expenses that we got to cut. Mm -hmm. And so what that meant was, you know, he wasn't making a normal salary and I, I already was taking kind of a measly little salary myself, but we cut that. And then we cut the, all the systems, which is probably about 9,000 a month that we were paying a bunch of other people. It was probably a little more than that, a little more than 9,000 a month that we were paying in other systems just to drop the burn rate. And so it was literally like, Hey, this isn't going to work if we keep going this way. So you're yes, literally, so you're literally in a position at that point. And how long was this into building this company? It's about seven, somewhere between seven and nine months, seven and nine months. And so you were yeah. burning through basically all of your startup and you were kind of at the point to where you had no choice, but to make some pretty severe cuts mentally, yeah, mentally and emotionally at that point, you know, you were isolated, you were by yourself. It sounds like you weren't around a lot of people you knew, like. What was going through you spiritually and like what, what in those moments do you feel like really helped you push forward? I mean, did you feel, did you feel isolated? Did you feel debilitated? I mean, like what were the emotions while you were going through that? It was, it was very complex because I'd seen so many ways that God had helped us, God had come through to help raise the money. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I can, I can very clearly see the setup in the way that, you know, God set this up so that it would go forward. Right. But at the same time, I'm also seeing the ways in which it is falling apart and kind of like you mentioned, and it is truly what it was. It's like, God kind of crafted this own, this perfect kind of hellscape for me. <laughs> and he kind of kicked out all the support legs that I had had where I had to move, I had to move out to Weatherford from Oklahoma city. Mm. and you know, it was me by myself, no friends. I had one mentor who, you know, would 
talk to me and help me through it. But it was just pretty much that. And God was kind of like, all right, bud, just you and me, let's get to know each other. And so on the one hand, it's like, yeah, that should be great. On the other hand, no, it's when it's a painful experience, you know, many people who, who have been through trials in, in their life, you know, usually it's through the painful times when you get closest with God. And that was definitely the case here to where I didn't have a support system. I didn't have people I could talk to. I tried desperately to go get wisdom, wisdom from other people who knew more than I did, but everything was just not applicable or like, and I tried some of it or I'd already thought of it or I'd already implemented it and it wasn't working. Really the only thing that, you know, just what it came down to was, I think God going, you just got time. It's going to take time and grit and perseverance and you can't outthink and you can't outrun this, this problem. And so it was the, as far as the emotions, the emotions were going, God, you set this up. God, this is all falling apart. God, this is all the, all the crazy things it's doing to me, all the, 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 you know, all the crazy anxiety that this is causing all the things that I'm having to do that it just makes me petrified on a daily basis. You know, what is going on? Yeah. Like, where am like, I, where am I, many, where am I going? Many, it, it's one of those times where you're like, you're, you know, the good news is God can handle our, our frustration. God can handle, handle our anger. God can handle a lot of four letter expletives in prayer. <laughs> and, and so it's frustration, but you, you see how it's set up. And so you're like, you're obviously here. You're obviously in this, but it's like, so you're here, but you're not here. I don't know what's happening. And so it's just all it's, there's tons of confusion. And so, you know, there's, it, it, it really comes, you know, part of it was just, you know, going from being a boy to being a man uh, and being able to handle, handle hard things. And because life is full of hard things and you, you know, you have to learn how to handle hard things when they come. Yeah. And handle it gracefully, handle it peacefully. Because like the thing that I've learned and I've, I've gone through a lot in my short 34 years, I think you're a year older than I am is, you know, whenever you're going through those trials, whenever you're going through those hardships in life, it's learning how to do it and knowing that it's hard. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have a smile on your face. It doesn't mean that you're going to tell everybody that life's great. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be driving a super nice car while you're doing it, or you're living by all your friends, or everything is going conceivably in what the world or other people paint as this picture of success. Like, but it is in those moments being able to find joy and being able to find peace. But that doesn't necessarily look like happiness from what people would say. It's not what you see on social media where people are like, and listen, I'm building this empire. I just bought these rent houses. It's great. Like everything's great. Like it's a struggle, but it's great. No, like, I mean, dude, like, like it's hard and like emotionally, physically, like it takes a toll on you. But like when you go through that fire, it's like steel, right? Like when you go through it, you become stronger. Like God uses that wilderness to like strengthen you. And then ultimately, whenever it comes to those hardships in the future, because, you know, my honest belief is that God put you through this to prepare you for something even greater in the future. And also like through this experience, you just got married here recently through this experience. Didn't you end up meeting your wife through all of this somehow? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the company we ended up selling to 
was the company that she, she was about six months after, six months after I sold to them, she got hired on as head of fiber for, for the parent company. And so, yeah, so that, I mean, it was the, the ending was, you know, God works, you know, these, these awful experiences out for good, you know, and, you know, so that was, you know, that was, that was a great thing. And so, you know, I've been, I've been very blessed, you know, I, you know, made enough money on the sale to, you know, pay off all my investors, pay off my investor and, you know, have some money in my pocket. Um, but that's kind of skipping forward to the, to the happy ending because I wasn't thinking about that. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm terrified of heights. And part of my job was to climb 130, 150 foot towers. And so like, when I'm, when I'm petrified, like climbing, climbing those towers, like, you know, for reference, that's about a 10 to 12 story building on the outside, you know, just climbing up that. I'm not thinking about all the ways in which this is, you know, going to be a happy ending. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it, the wilderness is, you know, people are like, how did you, how'd you do that? How'd you do that with, with no support system? And that's where I've watched other people go through, go through trials and immediately God surrounds them with community and people that can help them, people that can emotionally support them, people that can walk through this. And that was not what I apparently, because most of, most of my community got, got kicked, got, you know, pulled away for some reason or another, that things they were going through. And I, it was just pretty much me and my, my one mentor and my, my investor who were, who were kind of helping with through all of it. But so, but so, yeah. so but let's go, so let's go back to the story. Cause you're right. I jumped a little bit ahead. So you're in this thing. You end up having to basically cut to the bare bones. You're grinding. Your backpack is getting heavier and heavier. Walk me through from that point to where you ended up making the sale, like what ended up like, like fill in the blanks for us and help, help us understand, like, what was that like after basically cutting down to the skin bones and like mentally, physically, emotionally, like, like, how did you get through that? And what did the rest of that time look like? Well, so most of it was, so it was me and office staff. And so I'm out there doing the physical labor, climbing the towers, climbing up on houses. You know, I, we, for a while we had one installer who was, who was helping me with stuff and I was doing kind of running through multiple scenarios, but with the way these systems work, one little thing can glitch out and you know, you have different sections of the network that'll go out. Right. So I'm having to, and I don't like troubleshoot. I like things to just work. I like to try and set up really good systems so that they work and you don't have to touch them and they work very easily and very succinctly. And so for stuff to be consistently failing and to have angry people, you know, we had a good reputation. We did a good job, but I have a, a very, it's, it's triggering knowing that something that I set up and that I built is causing its failure is causing negative repercussions for other people and lots of other people. So, you know, I move a cable the wrong way and 200 people suddenly don't have internet. Wow. And those 200 people are upset. That's and a lot so, of, and that's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, that's gotta yeah. be creating. And these are things that you didn't even want to do, but like, basically yeah. you had to jump it. And that's the side of like entrepreneurship. And that's the side of like faith. Whenever you're getting into these things that a lot of people don't see is the fact that sometimes you have mm -hmm. to jump in there and do things that you don't want to do. Yeah. And so, so anyway, keep on so going. So for I'm instance, yeah. so for instance, I've got, you know, a prime example, I have a cable that has 
something has happened to this one satellite dish and I know there are 250 people down and there's a thunderstorm rolling in and I have a 135 foot tower. I have to climb that 135 foot tower before the storm rolls in, fix it. Otherwise, every gonna, everybody's going to be without internet tonight. And that is going to just blow up the phones and everybody's going to be flipping the F out. And if I don't get it fixed, who knows, but the storm might damage it even more. And so it's those kinds of things where I'm terrified of heights. I don't like fixing this kind of stuff. And I am have the burden of knowing that my failure to act or my failure to plan for this or whatever is happening or just random happenstance of I can't get it to work from the ground means that I have to do this thing that I am desperately afraid of. And, you know, knowing that, and that is always hanging over you. I don't know when it, these things are going to go out. These are, these are not planned downtimes. Anything can happen any day. And so that's what I think when I started to wrestle with anxiety, where it's like, I just know, like, I don't know. I know that something will happen. I don't know when it will happen, but I know something will happen. Right. And so there's the overpersonalization of me trying to take too much responsibility for something that I could not control the outcome of to, you know, lightning strikes a tower and I have to go rebuild the entire tower in 48 hours, you know, those types of things. But it's, it's taking more responsibility, but that is what kind of caused anxiety. And some of it was just me having to just grow a thicker skin. I was part of it. Some of it was just learning how to cope and realize this is temporary. This too shall pass. I just have to push through. And the more I worry about it, it doesn't actually prevent any of this from happening. It doesn't mean I'm not scared. It doesn't mean I'm not freaking out. It does mean that I just need to push forward one step at a time, not five steps, not one big jump, but I just one step at a time focus on when I'm climbing a tower, when I'm climbing a tower and I'm the tallest thing around, I'm taller than every single other building in the town. I just have to focus on that next rung hmm. and the next rung and the next rung. And this is where my hand goes. And this is where my foot goes. And this is where my next hand goes. And this is where my next foot goes. And here is all right, we're coming up to a transition. I have to take a bigger step here. It is down to the micro focusing on not zoning in and focusing so narrowly on the task at hand that you're forgetting the macro of what you're actually doing. And isn't that, and that was, yeah, yeah, dude, that's just, that's remarkable because, you know, it's funny that, you know, we're having this conversation at my, you know, I, I was at church tonight and we had our Bible study and we were completely different topic but one of the things we were talking about is whenever like god's working in your life it's the most impactful whenever you intently are looking at that step by step action in his life in your life it's not about looking at the whole picture it's not about looking it's like literally intentionally like looking at the step by step and having to micro focus on that just to get through it and i've got a great quote actually by Corey tim boone and i think it speaks to exactly what you were talking about and like that buildup of anxiety Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And mm -hmm. I think that we spend so much time, especially like if you're an entrepreneur or business person, I mean, just in life in general, worrying about what the outcome could be tomorrow based off of negative things that have happened to our in our past 
that it can literally cloud our judgment. And we're literally speaking things into existence. We're literally thinking things into existence that haven't even happened yet. And like, we're taking all that strength that we could be concentrating on today, solving today's problem, those micro problems, and dragging them into tomorrow and creating anxiety for ourselves because we just so badly are concerned that something that previously has happened could happen again. And so I think that's really cool that like, you know, in that example of like climbing rung by rung slowly, I think that's a really powerful and impactful way that you describe that. So, well, and one thing okay. real quick is that, you know, in the Bible, it says you're a lamp unto my feet. And so, the, you know, you hold a lantern, it's not like a flashlight, hmm. you know, a lantern just lights a very narrow, very narrow scope. Like, and when it's a lamp unto you, light unto your feet, like you're, you're not seeing super far ahead. Huh. You are seeing far enough ahead to take one step, maybe two steps. You're not seeing the whole journey. It's not like you're doing this in daylight. And so if, if, if that's what, if that's what Christ is and the Holy Spirit, then that changes the way that you think about that verse and how you think about life. Dude, that's so cool. Like, that's definitely like a clip, like 30 seconds, like, man, that's going out there in the world. That dude, that's awesome. So you were in this mode to where you were literally taking these little small steps, just not looking at the finish line, just getting through moment by moment. So, you know, what ended up getting you from this point of taking these steps to the finish line? I mean, was it just a continued small steps or to like, after taking multiple small steps, was there a breakthrough where you started taking larger bounds? No. Well, so what happened was COVID hit and COVID, COVID was actually Everybody. COVID hit. So, but that had a very different impact on me. I had a very different impulse, had less, well, not everybody else. Most people work like slow down, life slowed down because everybody was locked in. What happens when everybody gets locked in is they use a lot more internet. So internet bandwidth tripled. And so for an internet service provider, that meant that I was very busy. And because we were good at providing good service, when everything went to crap and all the other networks couldn't handle stuff, we grew. And wow. so what's funny is when God, when things were, you know, rough, having trouble, my installer quit. And then it didn't make sense to really hire anybody because COVID was happening. And I felt like God was telling me to do it myself. So I had to do more work. <laughs> And we grew 50% before I sold. And so I'm just lining up customer, 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 you know, working through the summer, 150 degree attics, just more, 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 more. And, and so, you know, it was, it was interesting because it was God, you know, I could tell God was pulling, like he was pulling. It, it was not, I wasn't having to try to get customers. Customers were banging down our door because, you know, we were set up well, you know, I think I worked 110 hours the first seven days of lockdown just to try and get the network ready because I knew it was getting ready to happen. Right. And that was tower climbing, that was upgrading stuff, that was installing new things, that was tons of stuff. So I had to actually do more in order to get out of it. And, you know, it was, it was a blessed time. Obviously we were growing, you know, there were plenty of businesses that were decimated by COVID and that was 100% not what happened to us. So right. I, I'm very grateful that that happened, but I still had to go install every single person. I still had to climb towers to do the expansion. I still had to do all that while negotiating, you know, a sale contract. I still I'm back and forth with, with lawyers and the other owner and then finding the acquirers and doing all that stuff. So it was still 
lots of work. Right. But it was more work to get to the end. And it was significantly more work than even what I had been worried about before. And so everything just kind of ramp, kept ramping, 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 ramping up until the sale. Wow. And so what got me through was literally we were so busy because I had, you know, it was one thing when everything was chill and, you know, the world was normal in 2019, but when 2020 happened and I know that people's lives, people's jobs and kids' education is dependent on my internet connection. Well, I'm going to make sure it gets done. And so God gave me a lot of strength to where I was getting those last, those last several months that last year was, was literally just God giving me just enough strength for the day. Dude, that's awesome. And just focusing on getting through the day. Mm -hmm. And when you do that day after day, after day, after day, after day, after day, after day, then you turn around and months have passed. Time has passed and you're just showing up. And if you're a farmer, you're showing up and you're tending your crops and you're planting and you're watering and you're fertilizing and you're weeding and you're just doing that. And eventually you're going through and you're like, you know, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what, what's going to happen. Cause I mean, it's, what's well, one thing to have the operational stuff. It's the other thing to have the, you know, the huge debt load that's, mm. I have to pay all this back mm. and I'm looking at, you know, a five, you know, am I going to do this in five years and what's going to happen in the competitive landscape in five years? But mm. then, you know, it was that steady tending of the garden and then God relief through being able to sell it. And fortunately it was a good exit. We were well positioned for that. We were growing fast. So it made negotiations work in my favor, but it was just showing up every day and just trying to grind through and still keeping my head up, still like, you know, looking around, do I need to tweak? Do I need to adjust? God, what lesson are you teaching me? But sometimes it's just showing up and knowing that, uh, knowing that just putting in the time one step at a time every single day. Dude, that's awesome. That's so cool. So the question I have for you is in relation to the anxiety topic. Did you know, because I, I just think it's so cool that it's just that one step at a time and like getting through life and like not overwhelming yourself as things come at you. You know, I personally, I've had a lot of, I've had anxiety in my life. You know, I've had temptations to where, you know, I mean, it could have gotten really out of control, but until I had like moments like that in my personal life where hardships came around, I never really understood the concept of that true anxiety. I mean, I ran a company for about eight years and like, I mean, dude, I have seen some gnarly stuff. And I know like through those, there was just days where you just had to grind, especially during COVID. During COVID, actually like crazy statistic, 33% of people during that time period of in 2020, whenever they were surveyed, were actually diagnosed with debilitating anxiety. 33% of Americans. That is now down to 27% actually in a 2022 poll. But I mean, actually, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. 41.7% of young adults ages 18 to 29 have some kind of anxiety. And I'm just curious as to what, after going through that experience, having like that anxiety in your life and going through that, like, 
what has that taught you about whenever it comes to empathizing with other people going through that? And what is something that you would tell someone that is currently going through a season of their life of anxiety and where they just really don't see much hope, especially when it comes to young entrepreneurs that like they want to get started, like, you know, they want to be successful. Like, like what would you reach out to those people? What do you, what do you wish someone had told you while you were going through that? And how would you convey that to someone that might be having anxiety right now in their life going through a transition like you? I would say that, so in 41, so one, there's this illusion of control. Part of the reason I think we struggle with anxiety so much is that we believe that we can control more than we really can. And we have this idea as a society that we can enslave, enslave nature and make it fit our whims. And that is false. There, the, we're playing, we're playing a game with far, far, far more variables than we can even imagine. And COVID taught us that, that there are, we're playing, we think as soon as we think we have it handled, something like that happens. And it's very obvious that we don't have it handled. That said. There are lots of things in your life beyond your control. What you can control are the actions that you have and the way that you react to the things that do happen to you and happen because of you. And if you focus on what you can control and don't worry about the things that you can't control, that will help diminish your anxiety. Can I control this? When, when, I was having the, when the weather was, when a thunderstorm would roll in, a severe thunderstorm, and it would cause something to go out. I can't control the weather. I can worry about all the people that are upset and I can just get all anxious and, and, and freak out and, oh no, my business will be ruined. Oh no, I can do that. Or I can understand that this will pass. I can respond to any customers that, that are writing in at night and go, hey, storms knock this out. We'll get this up as soon as we can and communicate, let them know things are okay. That's what I can control. I can control the way I react to it. I can control the way I adjust to it, but I cannot control the things that I can't control. And no matter where you're at in life, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you know, you're just somebody with a nine to five or you're a stay-at-home mom with, with two kids, there are just things that you cannot control. All you can do is focus on what you can control and do your best with that. And that's really all you can do because your worry isn't going to actually help. It's, it's little, it'll still be there. That doesn't, that doesn't eliminate it. That doesn't make it go away. But once you realize what it is and externalize it in some way, like I journaled a lot and I, I got my thoughts out on paper all of them. Just, I didn't judge. I just wrote. And once they were out on paper, I can observe them and they're not in here and I'm not holding them all in my head while I'm trying to process and do things productively by getting them out. It was able, it was something that I was able to do. The other thing was starting every day with things that I'm thankful for and starting with prayer and starting with Bible reading. But if, if you're not a believer, that's fine. But even just gratitude, being thankful for something helps reorient your mind in a really good way because it's impossible to be thankful and grateful and stressed at the same time. 
Dude, that is so good. Yeah, I that dude that that is so just spot on. I think Jay Shetty, who's one of my favorite podcasters and authors, he was actually I was listening to his book Think Like a Monk, and one of the things he suggests is like every day whenever you wake up, instead of like jumping on your phone, looking at social media, or looking at the news or whatever, just stop for a second and just think in your head and visualize the things that you do have in your life, the things that you are grateful for. And if you could start off your day showing that gratitude and like, like you said, whether you're a believer or not, just showing gratitude for what you do have in your life, it just starts your day off in the right mindset. And then you will find those little nuggets of joy. I mean, and just to sum this up, the serenity prayer is just so true whenever it comes to the subject of control. You know, you have to accept the things you cannot change. You have to have the courage to change the things that you can. And then you have to have the wisdom to know the difference. And that wisdom is gleamed from other individuals. That wisdom is gleamed from seeking knowledge. And if you're out there with anxiety and you feel hopeless today and you feel like you're not going to make it to the finish line, trust me, like there is something there for you if you just trust me. So Drake, we're going to wrap it up and wind it down with this. I've got two questions for you. One would be, what is your hobby? Working. Working. All right. Come I, on. I, it I, can't I, be working. It cannot be working. It's got to be something else. Learning, reading about things. All right. That learning. May or may I, not, lear, that may or may not help me for work. I can accept that. I can accept Understanding that. Understanding how right. the mind works. We're Learning about how the mind works. All right. Okay, cool. I love psychology. I'm a big psychology yeah. buff. It's great. We'll yeah. go over some books. The yeah. second thing that I always ask is, who is the number one person in your life that has impacted you or that you look up to? And then why that person? I have been, I've been very blessed to have mentors in my life, I would have to say, I would have to say my mentor, Michael, because in the darkest moments, in the moments where I didn't think I could make it, he, he was there for me and he lifted me up and he had been through his own significant trials and he would just remind me of who I am. He would remind me of, he would tell me what he saw from the outside looking in and he would, uh, would remind me of who God was and what God thought of me. And, and that is, I'll be honest, that's, that's the reason I'm, I'm still here and still alive. And yeah, that would, that would be why. Dude, that's awesome. That's so heavy. If Chris, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. No. I just, no, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, dude. Here's, here's Michael, let's put it this way. Michael impacted me so profoundly that when Chris has gone through rough times, much of the wisdom that I'm giving Chris is, comes from, comes from Michael. So. Oh, dude, isn't that, and isn't that so cool? I don't know if, if, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you listened to our podcast from last week talking about choosing your friends wisely, but, you know, finding those mentors, finding those people in your life and finding those people you look up to. It's just a massive deal and be open, be transparent, be honest with your feelings. And just, if you're going through something, let someone know, like lean into someone, be vulnerable. And ultimately that ends up opening up these conversations. So Drake, thank you so much for coming on to the Backpack Theory podcast. I gleamed a lot of it from this. I learned a lot. 
Do you have anything else that you want to say in closing? One of the things you can control when you're going through crazy stuff is the number of notifications you get on your phone. So trim it back. Boom. It'll I love you. You'll do better. Your, 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 your mind will thank you. I love that dude. We didn't even get into the social media conversation, but we'll save that for another time. So thanks for coming on Drake. Appreciate it. This is Adam the backpack theory podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you again soon.